It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone as we wrap up the Jazz getting blown out by the Warriors 126-101. There's two parts of this to talk about tonight on Postcast. One is the Jazz perspective and the other is the Warriors. Let me just start with my thoughts on what's happened to the Jazz. First thing is, from a win-loss standpoint, none of this should be surprising. This is exactly what we knew was coming. We looked at the December schedule. You just aren't going to win these games. What's disturbing is how it's happening. The Jazz are the worst defensive team in the NBA over the last 10 games. The Jazz are the worst defensive team in the NBA in third quarters. The Jazz have only led at halftime, at half, I think, you know, less. they've played less close games than anyone in the NBA. Like the, There's a bunch of things that aren't what we like, more than the wins and losses. But to me, what's happened, Ron, is it was one thing when we looked at this schedule and realized they were going to lose games. I don't think what I realized as a non-player, listen to me going non-analytics here, is I feel like the Jazz have lost their basketball soul. So what is that? A confidence, a belief in who you are. And it's just having lost 10 of 12, all of which we thought they were going to lose, or we thought they'd lose 10 of 12, is just humiliating and debilitating at a level that makes it difficult for them to play with any zest. I totally agree with all of that. And it gets to the point where players now will start to look at each other and and, uh, look at the makeup of their basketball team and... and uh, just hopefully they don't start to go out on their own and, and disrupt things even worse. And I think that could be really devastating. One other thing here is that the Jazz found out for a short period of time that they had an offense. They knew all along that they had a defense. But the offense, with the, because Rudy's not around, uh, has really uh, just kept them from winning basketball games. It made them a terrible basketball team for if speak saying it lightly. So now the offense is not there and the defense is was is not going to recover until Rudy comes back and, and they can they can do some things there. So the it truth, makes them look really bad. The truth of the matter is that over the last two years the Jazz have not been good defensively when Derek Favors has played center. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that has come back to fruition here. Yeah. I totally agree with that, and I was just thinking about that during the during the course of the game, and I'm watching how the offense is really just struggling. I mean, they're struggling. Uh, they were getting such great shots, you know, through their offense, and, and those were uncontested shots. They're not getting uncontested shots hardly anymore, and so now those shots are not falling. And so you, you, when that's not happening and your defense is not good, you're going to have quarters like we saw here in the third quarter where you just flat out look terrible. And, with, and the offense just looks flat out just good. Now, you're playing one of the best teams in the NBA, so what happens there? It makes you look even worse. So hopefully the Jazz uh, can, can go home. Uh, defensively, they're going to have to pick things up to cover up for the, for the lack of offense right now. So the Jazz have kind of lost their zest, and I think we knew it. They, they get a few days off. They play Cleveland, who lost two in a row. They lost to Sacramento, and then they, things lighten up a little bit afterwards. But we, we knew that December... We said the whole time that if they could win five of 15 games in the December schedule, that it would be a highly successful month. They've won four. They're four and ten. And I would agree, kind of, if your feeling is, well, this is worse than I thought it was. I think we agree with you on that. I think, But I, I think, that, as we said, it comes back to that I don't think we realize how difficult it would be to be outmanned on a nightly basis and what it would do to the collective group. So that's where they are. 
So now we get to part two of this. Let, let me say this, by the way, on the other one. For the people that are like, I'm reading some of the comments coming in, bench this guy, that, like, this is collective. Yeah. If you're going after one guy right now, you yes. have an agenda. Like, if you're trying to go zero in on one guy and claim that that's going to be the, the fix, you have an agenda that you're shooting for. Um, what happened tonight is the number one team in the league in third quarters for the fifth time this year outscored someone by 20 points in the third quarter, which is an astronomical number. And when the Warriors hit, they are every bit one of those. I mean, if you put up the Mount Rushmore of NBA teams, this team's on it. Yeah. And, and when one guy gets hot, it seems like they all get hot. And, and sooner or later, they're going to have a run. Um, and not just one run. They have two or three of them during the course of the ball game. But as you mentioned, in that third quarter, they're going to have one of those runs that, that just separates themselves from, from, their, from their, the, the opponent. That's just flat out unreal. So, for those who are looking to bench one player and all that kind of, what do you think Quinn's going through right now? And and he'd love to, to. He'd love to have the magic bullet. Oh, absolutely. So just trying to find uh, a combination out there, knowing that he's shorthanded, knowing that uh, our offense is struggling. You know, how can I put some players out there that can, that can score, but still defensively get it done? I mean, this is a tough job here for Quinn right now that he's going through. This the Jazz, according to 538, which has a projection system, had a 10% chance of winning tonight. And back, end of a, back end of a back-to-back to a team that's playing their longest homestand in the history of their franchise. Like, I'm not making a lot of bets on 10%. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> All right. I don't think there's a lot more to add tonight. This is a shorter one. We can talk about how great the Warriors are if you want to. Um, but I think that's... Uh, and, you know, and quite frankly, I would add this note to you, no offense to them, but the box score padding that went on the fourth quarter makes a lot of guys' numbers look a lot better than their games were tonight. If you really want to evaluate this game, I would suggest you grab the end of third quarter box and look at that those numbers rather than looking at the fourth quarter to evaluate any players if you didn't watch this game. It became an all-star game there in the fourth quarter. That wraps us up. That is Postcast. Have a good night. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.